This is a shout out to my ex. He in love with some other chick. Yeah, yeah, that hurt me, I'll admit. Welcome back to season two of Flop Stars. In case you're new here, Flop Stars is the podcast where we look at projects by our favorite pop stars that underperformed on the charts but found a home with a cult group of fans. I'm Sam Murphy, the editor of The Interns, and I'm joined once again by Nick Kelly to delve deep into a misunderstood project. This week, it's Little Mix's turn. Their fourth album, Glory Days, was far from a flop, actually. It was their biggest album in the UK and Australia, spawning an array of hits. It was also aimed towards the US, though, where it failed to nab any considerable hits once again. On this episode, we look at how the album made Little Mix the biggest band in the world while also failing to get them the global attention they deserve. Hello, Nick. Sam. We've been having a very thrilling conversation. There's no way this podcast will be under two and a half hours this week. There will not be. We've moved through every topic under the sun before we've even hit record, um, including swelling almond milk through your coffee to avoid the thin film that can yeah. come on top of it. Just to clarify for everyone, um, if you if you boil the water too hot and you put it in too quick and then put the almond milk in too quickly after putting the boiling water in, that's te- that tends to be when it goes filmic. I've got a solution. <laughs> If you put the boiling water in and then a splash of really ice cold water, say from your water filter, um, that'll cool the temperature back down again to allow the coffee to sort of absorb. And then what coffee are you using? Is this like a Macona situation? Or? I'm using yeah, I'm using a uh, Nescafe blend, but it's called Dark Roast. And um, <laughs> the only people I know that have Dark Roast coffee are queer men. So dark roast coffee is queer canon. So if you have dark roast coffee at your house, you are queer. I'm sorry about it. <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue into our very camp flop stars. It is a very week. camp one. And I feel like we need to clarify why we've put, uh, which we do every week. And, and that's an important fact of this podcast is we always do clarify why we have put something in the flop stars category. But the reason yes. that we've put little mix glory days into the flop era your thoughts, Sam? It's an interesting one to pick from their discography because it is far and away their most popular album um, and absolutely not a flop in the UK and in Australia. But our metrics tell us that we have about a 50-50 split listeners from um, the US and Australia, and there's some others in there, obviously, but largely that's it. Um, And... Obviously, this album was a complete flop in the US and also one of the albums that they really aimed at the American market as well. So not only was Mm. it just an album that they made for the UK and Australia that did well there, Happy Days, Glory Days, um, but it was an album that they genuinely tried to make it work in America and it it just didn't. And we're going to get into that in this podcast. So if you're going to message us and ask why it's a flop, just just listen to to her and we will explain it it's our job on this podcast to explain it to you so we're not we're never going to leave you without an answer as to why it's a flop that's a great summary of why we're doing it this way um let's start with who little mix were i suppose at this time in pop history you know were they were they the biggest girl group in the world were they one of um 
think they were. Uh, you know what? It was the end of kind of Fifth Harmony. It was 2016. Um, so Fifth Harmony was still, I think, still doing quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that if you looked at it from a global perspective, that Fifth Harmony were probably challenging them for the title. But in my perspective, I never really saw the longevity of Fifth Harmony. Like the wheels were already starting to fall off. But um, Little Mix were always looking like they were in it for the long haul. And if you look at girl groups from a a historical perspective, if I can get my professor code on for a little while, um, they generally don't last past the third album. So Fifth Harmony called it quits on the third album. Spice Girls called it quits on the third album. Mm -hmm. I'd be extremely surprised if Atomic Kitten made it past the third album. (laughs) Um, Sugar Babes obviously shed members left, right and centre with every album they release. So it's actually very rare that you get to this point. Um, And I guess that's part of this podcast is today is discussing how Little Mix made it that far and how they're possibly onto their sixth album right now. Do, do you think that they were the biggest girl group in the world? And did you see them having longevity at this point? I think it's an interesting one in terms of the world. I think if you were to look at it, break it down territory by territory, you've obviously got, you know, Little Mix doing very special stuff in Europe and definitely making an impact on Australia as well. Um, however, yeah. the ticket sales... Um, when they actually would tour were a little bit dwindling from time to time. Um, I remember going to a, yeah. a show at um, a venue that fits about 20,000 people. And I think, you know, the top, uh, you could always tell the top curtain is up to, to block about 5,000 seats <laughs> off and there's quite sparsity in the rest <laughs> of the seats. to Lady Gaga art pop tour. Oh, mate, rest in peace. Um, but yeah, so if you look at the US, I think you're obviously thinking Fifth Harmony at the time. If you look at, at Europe, you're looking at Little Mix. I think we've got to not um, forget the rising impact of Korean pop music at the time and pop yeah. music from Asia um, and looking at groups like like Girls Gen and, and Blackpink who were really starting to make some strides around then as well. Um, it, I suppose it's just the question of, you know, their impact on the Western world at that point. Yeah, which and I think actually you make a really good point with Blackpink because I wasn't even considering them when I was thinking right now that we kind of have a um, a real gap in the market for a new girl group and Little Mix are sitting on top. But I would say that's probably changed this year. It's probably Blackpink are the biggest girl group in the world. Blackpink in your area, regardless of where you are. <laughs> and I, so I think, yeah, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to call them the biggest girl group in the world because it depends on how you view the world at that point. Yeah. I think you're definitely looking at... Um, I'm not sure if Blackpink had probably smashed the sales by that point. Um, but definitely if you're looking in, in Asia, you know, there's a couple of groups that absolutely outdo Little Mix, um, really, really strongly, but Little Mix were quite popular in, in Japan and Korea as well. So they definitely made, made an impact there and, and built a really nice fan base. Um, I think it's an interesting one when we talk about, and, and I think we'll talk about this a little bit later as well, but. Definitely, we could always tell for about a year and a half there that Fifth Harmony were on their last legs and that they weren't going to last much longer. With Little Mix, you could tell that there was still stuff to be explored and still momentum. And I think the majority of that comes down to the fact they actually like each other and they support each other. Exactly. And when they're going through public problems, they look after one another and it's genuine. And I've I've had the pleasure of meeting them a few times and... There's a real genuine 
camaraderie in that group. They really care yeah. about each other. They love each other's company. They're best mates. And that's a very hard thing to do and to, to obtain when you are um, in the intensity of pop music and, and pop music yeah. at the elite level. Particularly coming from a situation where they were put together by a reality TV yeah. show. Like, these four didn't know each other from a bar of soap. And f- from that point in the show, I think they were put together by um, Kelly Rowland, actually. And from that point in the show, you could see the like genuine chemistry that just started straight away. And with the, each album, it grew and grew and grew. But I think this was the album where it was like, you, they just had an amazing run of momentum. Like it, it, this one, it came just a year after their last record, Get Weird, which had Black Magic, which was really big in the UK and really big in Australia as well. And then obviously Shout Out to My Ex came out before this album. And it just like, you could feel that like there was something happening and this was going to be a massive era for them. And it, and it was an absolutely huge era. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. These are wise words. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we have for you today. Goodbye. Um, stream Goodbye, Glory everybody. Days on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying well, to let, think where we, what, what we pivot to. Well, let's here. talk. <laughs> big album. Really big album. Um, but yeah, it started with Shout Out to My Ex and then it it kept going from there. Like you had Touch, which was huge. And I think Touch also, I think Little Mix had always struggled to find um, legging with like the real kind of pop heads that were like a little bit highbrow in a way, like the ones that really dive into pop music and go and like really ride or die for your Charlie XCXs and Carly Rae Jepsen's and like the assortment of people that we've covered on this podcast. And I think that Touch is the record that changed that because it's such a well-produced record by MNEK. Um, It was different to anything that was happening at the time in the pop world. And it showed that Little Mix weren't this reality TV show group anymore. They were kind of grown up and they were calling their own shots creatively. And they were starting to like really carve out their own path aesthetically. And I think touch is like a really crucial part of this album and why kind of part of the reason why we're talking about it today and why Glory Days always comes up in conversation. I think that's a really good point you raise about, you know, their creative input. And I think that definitely strengthens a girl group and it definitely um, provides a bit more longevity to a, to a girl group. I think it can get quite taxing on performers if they are performing other people's stuff they've had no input in and no sort of, um, you know, emotional connection to. Obviously, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll listen to the material and they'll hear words that resonate with them. But, you know, they were empowered to be a part of the creative process and be the, the great songwriters that they are. Um, and all yeah. four of them are really strong songwriters. And they do. They co-write on a lot of the, the records on their album, which is very rare when you're working in a hit machine like run by Absolutely. Simon Cowell. And they found, they found a really, and I think particularly around this album, they found their, their, their guys. They found their crew. Yeah. Um, you know, Camille is often referred to as the fifth Little Mix member or the invisible Little yeah. Mix member because she's just been so close to the project and she's a sister to the four of them. Um, and MNEK continues, you know, even on, um, on LM6 to, to produce... Was it LM6 that came out the other day? LM6? LM5? 
LM6. Yeah. Yep, yeah, LM6. Um, MNEK, you know, continues M-N-E-K. to produce with them and and fi- finds a kinship with those with with the with the girls, and I think that's a really special thing to find for a um, you know a, t- a a you know X Factor manufactured, if you will, girl group. Yeah, I don't think it's a common MNEK and Little Mix should do an entire album. Together, oh, I think. don't tease so me with together. this. Oh, touch my God. like obviously the one of the best. Um, songs on this album and then sweet melody off <clears throat> confetti is just like an an absolute home run for them Smash and doing up. the best off any album uh, any single from the album which is quite rare for like a third or fourth single but um yeah he just they just kill it together it's interesting i you almost have to look at sweet melody as being um as being touches like bigger sister i think yeah it's it's very much they very much feel like yeah they've got a kinship with one another. I totally feel like that. And touch goes a little bit like um, it's a little bit subtler. And then sweet melody just is obvious. Like the production is just so huge, and they yeah. just did everything with it, which I think <laughs> is really cool. But um, but I think I I want to know like where were you? What were your thoughts on? little mix at this time like they were obviously on your radar because they were getting mm. a lot of radio play in australia i think they've gotten radio play in australia for nearly every song yeah um, every single since they came out i remember even change your life was the theme song for like um one of those renovation shows or something so <laughs> they were present in australia but i wouldn't call them the biggest the biggest act in australia what were your thoughts on them um, around the time they released Shout Out to My Ex. So uh, around Shout Out to My Ex, that's when I was like, holy shit, this is like, this is a big band. This is a very, very yeah. big band. I'd already been quite in love with them. I've seen them most times they've come out to Australia. I've really had the, I've had the absolute fucking pleasure of interviewing them a few times. Um, and yeah. it, it's interesting. I've interviewed Leanne on her own and that was amazing because she's such a thoughtful brilliant songwriter, really cares about the music they make. Um, I've yeah, interviewed, very cool. I interviewed Jesse and Perry together in the flesh, and that was just raucous, and they yeah. have so much fun together. And, you know, this was at a time that Perry was kind of going through a little bit of stuff and, um, you know, with, with her, her quite public breakup. Um, and, you know, Jesse was there just egging her on and making gags with her and stuff. And I, I, I definitely fallen in love with them as, as people as well as a, a band. Um, I think, yeah. you know, I look at songs like Wings and Change Your Life and Salute and I'd kind of felt a little bit, this is, you know, obviously pre-Get Weird, they felt a little bit sort of forced, a little bit, you know, yeah. already done. And then when Get Weird came around and Black Magic comes around, that's when the fun started and their actual attitude and their actual personalities came to the yeah. forefront. So by the time it came to Shout Out to My Ex, just it just made sense. It was just the kind of song that yeah. made absolute sense. It was fun. It was a bit silly. It was um, started to incorporate some of those hip hop sort of influences and a bit of kind of beatboxing in the in the production. And I think that's when they really started to hit their stride and make music that sounded like their personalities when they're not singing. Um, so I was I was really yeah I, I got to say I was a really big fan of them at the point. And I look at you know what they were in Australia. They were an absolute smash radio band. And shout out to my ex continues to get airplay as does um yeah. as does uh not uh, uh what's the other one uh not touch the other one don't worry um 
Power. Pa- no power. No, not power. Don't worry. Um, what is? <laughs> which which one was it? They they get radio play is what you need to know. Um, yeah, that's my. I, I I'm gushing a little bit because I really I have a quite. I'm, I feel quite endeared to them. Um, I think they're a really special group. Yeah, it's rare that we um kind of connect on. On my, I mean, every act we've done, one of us has kind of outweighed the other in terms of how much we appreciate the record or the artist. But I feel like it's usually more—it's usually you appreciating said. them more than me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you made me do that fucking Miley Cyrus album, <laughs> which I will say very excited for that and her oh, album next week, and let's absolutely. hope it flops so we can talk about yes. it here. Um, but yeah, Little Mix, I feel the exact same way as you. And I, I really did think off the first, even three albums, I'll say that they were the kind of act where you'd have three great singles and then you needn't bother to the, bother listening to the rest of the album because there might be a fan cut or two in there. But apart from that, it's just a little bit filler. Yeah. And I did go into this album thinking the exact same thing. Thought Shout Out to My Ex was a genius single for a a girl group and then touch was great loved it loved no more sad songs but then when they did power with stormzy and stormzy delivered that like earth shattering verse on it and it's such a huge huge record (laughs) that very few um acts at all not even girl groups could pull off absolutely then i was like okay now i need to go and listen to this full thing because this this has some real momentum what they're doing here and i think the album i think maybe there's one or two songs that i don't really like on it but apart from that i think it's great um and also i think it's the thing that for me solidified that they're the best girl groups since the spice girls in my opinion i'm ha- and it's i'm happy it's to share criminal that, that they ha- that like little mix Phantom hasn't extended across the globe to the US because if they could have cracked the US with one big record, then I think that would have been it. Like their position would have been solidified as kind of the Spice Girls of our generation. And I just feel like they've unfairly bubbled under the whole time. And and even on this new album, it feels like they're kind of they're kind of just trying to stay on the charts. I don't think any song's done well in Australia, I'm guessing. Um, no, no, it really hasn't. And that's been a real disappointment because we, as we've talked about, you know, the songs are on par with, if not better than the, the songs that smashed radio and continue to smash radio from Get Weird and from, um, Absolutely. And from Glory Days. And yeah, I think there's been, there was a little bit of a lull for them. I think, you know, sort yeah. of the last couple of years, there were a few songs that came out and didn't quite make the mark. And, you know, they'd yeah. get added to the night shows or the late night shows and, you know, they'd test them and they just wouldn't fit right in the, in the, yeah. the landscape. Um, they, would, they transitioned labels, they split with, with Simon Cow, um, and now they're on a new label. And I think that often muddies the waters a bit. And I think they're just kind of coming out of that. Yeah, period of uncertainty and Sweet Melody feels like a triumphant moment for them because of what they've been through. Absolutely. And I swear to God, if they don't start playing that on Australia, I'm going to come back home and carry that song in my suitcase and <laughs> drop it on their doorsteps. 
<laughs> the good thing is they have pull your head they, in radio. They program. really are, <laughs> I think, a household name in Australia. I don't think it takes yeah. too much. I think they managed to cement that quite quite easily and quite likably. So I don't think it's a hard sell to commercial radio now to go, hey, little mix of a number one in the UK. Um, they've got the biggest album of their lives. It's going well. Maybe we should give yeah. it a nudge here. So I think maybe suspect in the next few weeks that you might start to hear Sweet Melody creeping around on Australian radio. But if we look back at how this album actually went in terms of, you know, we're talking about it not really being that that US you know crossover that we thought would happen. Um, if I can read the yep. research that you did. Um, five <laughs> non-consecutive weeks on top in the UK, longest run for a girl group since the Spice Girls, four top 10 UK singles. But in the US, shout out to my ex charted at number 69. Good, good number. But no other single charted. Album did not chart. Um, meanwhile, shout out to my ex, their second highest charting single in Australia ever. Um, and it, yeah, it was the fastest selling album of the year in the UK. So it was just such a UK smash. And that's often enough of a story for a record label to take it to a new territory and really give it a red hot crack. But it seems either that didn't happen or the songs just didn't connect in the US for some reason. Well, I would imagine because they reissued this album about a year later and it, was had a few new songs in it and then they had um, Stormzy on Power, obviously, which was aimed at the UK, but then they had Machine Gun Kelly on No More Sad Songs and yep. they had Kid Ink on... Is it Kid Ink? Yeah, Kid yeah, Ink on Touch. When, when you put a rapper on a song, a US rapper particularly, mm. in my mind, you're aiming that towards US radio. And we were just talking about it with Levitating and DaBaby. That's ov- obviously aimed at the US and it's working. Yeah. But that never nothing ever eventuated for Touch or No More Sad Songs. They just didn't yeah. even land. And also they they were um supporting Ariana Grande on the Dangerous Woman tour as well in the US. So there was a huge push there and they just didn't pick up on it. And I mean like historically the US doesn't have a great history with girl groups they they liked the spice girls but it would have been one of their weakest markets i think and then fifth harmony broke through for a little bit but even then if you look at the singles that landed in the u.s from fifth harmony there's only a handful that's a really good point i think i love looking at the strategy behind putting those rappers on this album i think it's it's just so blatantly strategic but yeah but it works and, you know, it cements them. If they're going for sort of more hip-hop-inspired production with sort of like heavy pianos, trap drums, that kind of energy, um, you know, in order to actually make an impact with those sort of hip-hop fans that don't mind a bit of really well-done pop music, um, yeah. which definitely exist in the UK, um, it makes so much sense to chuck a Stormzy on there, for example. And then for the US market, chucking someone like Kid Ink on there is yeah. just so sensible. It makes so much sense. And it's a gamble for these rappers as well because they've got such a, you know, their base, their real core fan base who are probably a little bit anti-pop um, or, yeah. or come to pop with trepidation. If this song isn't a, isn't a banger, it's not a smasher, then it makes, it, it's, it's quite impactful on their, their career. So it's, it's a gamble yeah. for someone like Stormzy to, you know, at the height of his career really to jump on, um, you know, an Ed Sheeran song and a Little Mix song in the same year and yeah. do, do his but this, thing. The Stormzy moment on Power is just so great. Oh, and yeah. For a song that's like all about 
um, feminine empowerment and stuff like that to put a, a male rapper on it is kind of a bit of a head scratch but the verse he comes through with like it just owes to that so nicely Absolutely. and he treats that subject with such respect it, it, like I think it was one of his defining moments at UK radio early on and Absolutely. Like really built the foundations for him to be a commercial smash that song is like BBC Radio 1 in a song Putting little yeah, mix of storms together on a smash it's like all that. There. Yeah, it's just yeah. like it's got Radio One written all over it, and that would have been a very, very strategic move. How are we going to make this the biggest song on the Radio One A list this year? Fucking yeah. make it trappy, put Stormzy on it, boom, done. And they bloody did it. Fourth, fourth single from an album, and it was almost as big as I, I think it was the second biggest song after Shout Out to My Ex. Wow. That's not Nuts. easy. It's not easy. And it's obviously, you know, going into a brand new team, there's going to be some fresh, uh, a brand new label, there's going to be some fresh blood in the team, there's going to be some fresh ideas in there, there's going to be some renewed kind of, you know, I, I really believe um, you need cheerleaders within a record label that love the project to make it work. Yeah. And I really believe, you know, they obviously went to um, went to a record label that had cheerleaders in there that loved the band and were happy yeah. to kind of, you know, come at it with fan ears and put their fan thoughts into the record to make it actually pop. Yeah, and I think the lot like LM5 that came after Glory Days I, is probably, I know it's a fan favourite, but it's probably commercially one of their least successful. Yeah. And the first single had Nicki Minaj, which is usually like a ticket yeah. into the top 50 in the Hot 100 because the Barbs are, are very good at pushing a song up there. Um but it didn't do anything again. And it feels like this time they're like, you know what, just do what you do well. Do those really big dance pop records. Let's not worry about it. If it's going to take off, it'll take off organically. And like we were talking about before the show, um, alongside Almond Milk, we were talking about Ava Max's <laughs> Kings and Queens and how that is just inexplicably killing it at, on US radio right now and is generally not an American um, kind of record, a big no. dance pop record. It's so, so it wouldn't Swedish. surprise me if Sweet Melody ends up being the one that finally breaks them in the US. Bring it on! Seem to I'm not happy with that. <laughs> Would love it. All right, we're going to do a little bit of a battle of the girl groups. I like um, this. Because we're very obvious. So we're going to put um, a song from Glory Days up against a song by a girl group. I've tried to keep it to girl groups who have kind of existed in the... Um, lighter part of the millennium so far. Yep, like this. Um, so the first one is shout out to my ex. This is a shout out to my ex. Verse, a song that drew a little bit of um, a song that Little Mix were accused of ripping off at the time. I know which what this is. GRL's ugly heart. Oh. You're really starting me here. Very similar. They are very similar. They are very similar instrumentally, but yeah. not lyrically. They're both brilliant lyrically. They're both brilliant performance-wise, and they have their yeah. own merits. But you're right, very similar. Four to the Floor be, you know, that really sort of um, Doctor Redacted style production from the, <laughs> from the early 10s. Was that actually Dr. Redacted on Ugly Heart? I think it was. I think it was. Either him or his um, compadre circuit. Um, look, oh, this is a really... Yeah, it was. It was Mr. Redacted. Um, this is a this is a really difficult one, Sam. This is a very hard one. Um, oh, it's a challenge. 
Yeah, you are challenging today. I think you're right. You've had you've put about fifteen different um, headphones in during the. I know so there's a, and yeah, I don't own a pair of functioning headphones right now, oh, so no. it's a bit of a, a mess. So this one is That's like a... oh, it's that off. one. Um, yeah, but anyway, that that will mean nothing to any of you listening. But <laughs> anyway, all good. I'm this is so now. hard. This is so hard. I feel like only only based on the stealing accusations and <laughs> because one of the members passed away and yeah. because it's a banger, I'm going to have to go GRL Ugly Heart. Yeah, I understand that. It's Your a smile it's a could light up New well. York City after dark, baby. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm trying to think I always get them so confused That I can never think of one of their chorus And today I can't think of um, Ugly Heart's chorus It's such okay, a pretty, you're pretty. Girl, so pretty Yeah, very Your face good. is a work of They're art They're both great Your smile could light up New York City after dark Hey <laughs> Sounds like the Michael Bublé version of it <laughs> I'm so good at a Bublé impression, Sam I really am Are you? Sometimes I sing songs in a Bublé style Just walking around the house Just doing sort of my, my own crooner version Pretending I'm wearing a full tux <laughs> Can't wait for your Christmas album Nick Kelly sings GRL in the style of Michael Bublé Your smile could light up New York City after dark <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm gosh sorry. well now i've got to go shout out to my ex you ruined ugly heart for me um i do think that the shout out to my ex kind of sounds like ugly heart beta so um i think it just extends on it a little bit more and the chorus just has a little bit more grunt yeah um but both great songs so i'm gonna go shout out to my ex on this one great choice moving on we have touch the second single from glory days <laughs> Versus Fifth Harmony, Work From Home. Two monster pop songs. You're not making this easy, are you? I'm not. Very, very difficult for me. Okay, let's talk about Touch. Touch, one of the best Little Mix songs ever. I'm NEK, like, production genius on this. Um, yeah. It was the first, from memory, Little Mix song that used trap production, or the first Little Mix hit that had trap production on it. Um, yeah which was amazing and very unique. Um, Fifth Harmony, Work From Home. I mean, iconic, iconic minimalist pop song. Um, yeah. One of their best music videos on the construction site. It's a hard one for me, but sometimes Work From Home, and I remember this from the days when we were allowed to DJ, um, <laughs> I would play Work From Home quite often in the club and it would bring the room down for yeah. some reason. There's something about it. And I think it's in the minimalism of the production. It would bring a room down a little bit and it didn't quite hit as hard as touch did when you'd listen to it. And I kind of got over it after a little while. So on that note, I'm going to have to go touch little mix for this. Battle. Oh my God. I thought it was going the opposite way. Oh no. I know. Wow. That was a cliffhanger. Try. I try and make it there, think I'm going to go the other way and then smack you with the surprise. There is something about both songs that it's hard to explain exactly what's so good about it. Um, Work From Home has, 
you know before they even start singing that it's going to be good. Like mm. that that little like beat that starts it off is just so good that there was no way the song was going to fail. And then it just gets better and better. Um, and Ty Dollar Sign kills it on it. It was a perfect, perfect record for where US commercial music was at the time yep. while still giving something completely fresh and different. Flip side of that is Touch did the exact same thing, but in the UK. So it's <laughs> it's hard to say what's better, but I think uh, Work From Home for me is like in the top 50 best songs of last decade. So I've got to go with that. Whoa, whoa. Nah, Cliffhanger. I get you. I get you. Like top 50 most iconic, memorable songs of the last decade without a doubt. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. Okay, moving on. Um, power, which we've already talked about. I got the versus Pussycat Dolls. I don't need a man. Oh my god, it's my favorite Pussycat Dolls song. I thought it was. No, it's actually it's my favorite Pussycat Dolls banger. My favorite Pussycat Dolls song is "Stick with You." Oh, mine too. Yeah. No one ever says that. Uh, it's a genius. It's a genius it's song. It's so good. So glad that we agree on that. So glad. Um, wow, this is difficult. Can I just confirm Power or Power featuring Stormzy? I think we've got to go Power feet Stormzy. We've got to go whatever whatever was on the charts. Go the hit. We've got to go the hit, don't we? Okay. Mm-hmm. All I'm going to say about Power is... Motorbike, 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 bike, 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 some of Nicole Scherzinger's best work. It's fast. It's fun. I really am struggling with this one. I feel like I have to play devil's advocate though and go pussycat dolls. Okay. Yeah, this one's a hard one. Only to be a the, the thing about these two songs is I would probably never listen to them on my own. Yeah. <laughs> Power <laughs> is an extremely abrasive song yeah. to just like be sitting alone listening to in headphones. However, like given the energy of a room full of people... It's a different story. Um, and I think that's where songs like this really fly. Yep. There's something extremely on the nose about both of them. <laughs> um, maybe more so, I don't need a man. It's, <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's a hard one. It's really one. hard. It's a really hard one. It's really one. hard. Um, uh, I'm going to go power. Whoa. You got the power. I got the power. You got the power. Well, <laughs> and the motorbike rev at the start of the song. It's all just like too... I mean, if you're going to do too much, just do too much and go the whole the whole hog. Yeah. And they did go the whole hog. It's, it's so absurd. It's so ridiculous. So absurd. <laughs> um, a less ridiculous song. No more sad songs. Versus... What I've spelt in the run sheet as Dainty Kane, oh, but Dainty it's Danity, Danity Kane's damage. The great Dainty Kane. <laughs> there was nothing dainty about these canes. <laughs> I don't know. Damaged was a 
quite inexplicably a big hit in Australia. Huge. And Danity Kane's only hit in Australia. However, in the US, they had two number one albums. I did not know that. I did not know they mm-hmm. were that big. Um, of course, uh, this year I've discovered da- uh, Dawn Richard about seven years late, which is good. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Dawn Richard, for your incredible contributions to pop music. And hello to my friend Xander, who showed me Dawn Richard. Because uh, he'll stab me if I don't. Sorry. I have been pushing Dawn Richard forever. You've never listened to me. I've probably played it no. about a million times around probably. you. Probably. I interviewed her this year. She's incredible. It's amazing. Didn't read it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, look, even Siri's pissed off. Siri said, I'm sorry. She's answering for you. You should be sorry. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. No more sad songs. Great, but I feel like it starts to go back into that um, change your life kind of, you know, motify kind of gear that I don't think is as fun from them as their more attitude packed stuff. So, on that note, I'm going to go with Danity Kane's Smasher Damaged for this. And I feel like I'm being quite anti Little Mix here. I think you've literally voted against Little Mix on three of these. Yeah. And you've why. insulted work from home. So, you've, <laughs> you're not going to be popular after this. <laughs> I didn't insult. <laughs> Might I need to find a new information. <laughs> um, no more sad songs is my favorite on the album. Really, I love it because I'm a soppy little bitch. You are, a soppy um, little and the bitch. verses are so good, just so good. I can do without the Machine Gun Kelly bit, but yeah. no more sad songs was the one where I was like, this is like a top tier pop song. Like I need to listen to what these guys are doing. Wow. Um, Danity Kane, on the other hand, always loved a bit of Danity Kane and was ha- very happy with d- when Damaged crossed over. Again, a very abrasive pop song and not one that's aged particularly well, I don't think. However, like going back on No More Sad Songs today, I was so like happy and blessed to have been reminded of yeah. it. So um, I'll go with no more sad songs in this one. But I love Danny Kane and I love Dawn Richard. So yes. have that on record. Oh, that's good. I'm glad that one's on record. That was a great game. Great. And I feel very anti-Little Mix and I feel very mean. Apologies to You Little are. Mix. Do you want me to, just to not be less Little Mix? I'm going to tell you where um, the Popheads Reddit voted the songs we've just talked about in their countdown of the best Little Mix songs. Okay which is Missing Confetti. So, um, but they ranked Touch at number two. Wow. Correct. They ranked Power at number four. Wow, and good. And they ranked Shout Out to My Ex at number nine. Bit low. All correct. I would have said Shout Out is... A bit low. I'd say a bit low too. Yeah. However, they did rank Balagda at number 10. <laughs> My leg there. What what was their number one on the Popheads Reddit? Uh, their number one was Wasabi off LM5. Nice. That's a great yeah. song. Underrated as hell. It is a great song. Real fan favourite. All right. So what, what do you think that Little Mix were doing differently to other girl groups? One, to be as successful as they were. Two, to have the longevity that they have. To be as successful as they were, a few a few things, strategic choices of single and strategic choices of what to do with those singles to repurpose them. I think now we look at, you know, people are doing this not just to hit radio. This was absolutely at a time where, 
getting UK radio was a very strategic kind of thing. You know, you'd release a single yeah. a few weeks out, um, get it on the radio and then get those first week sales to be huge. But, excuse me. Um, Bless you. Thank you so much. I think also having those rappers on to really target those different demographics that they wanted to tap into and really solidify themselves. I think that also increases longevity, um, you know, yeah. tapping into to new audiences, those kind of audiences that don't, uh, that aren't pop obsessives and, but will dabble with it if it, you know, if they've got an entry point. So for example, someone like yeah. a kid Inc, if you're, if you are a rap fan, um, that's a great entry point to become a little mix fan as well. If you are happy to sit on the kind of, uh, threshold of that um i think though their their biggest key is that they're mates and they like each other's yeah. company you know they they hit it off when they were um they were originally called rhythmics on the x the x factor that's right and they hit it off straight away there was a genuine chemistry it was perfectly curated and they have taken that and gone with it and i think there's something that happens even with One Direction. There definitely was a kinship there of we have all come from the same thing, yeah. different circumstances, but we've all come from small towns. We've been put together on this same show. We're all feeling the same pressures of newfound fame and newfound um, maturity that we have to absorb. Um, we're going through the same strange scenarios of missing our family and being away from home for the first extended time and traveling to all these new places we never thought imaginable. And they, they grow together and they, they developed a kinship yeah. and they, you could tell, you know, something like a fifth harmony, there was different agendas in that band and there was different hidden agendas to a point as well, particularly with Camilla running, scurrying away and doing her own work. Um, scurrying scurrying away. away in the middle of the Little night rat. to record <laughs> Sia off cuts. And then, <laughs> but with Little Mix, like it's never been a question of, and they've been asked about this multiple times, do you want to do solo stuff in the moment? And for a long time, they're like, no, that sounds awful. Like I just wanted to hang out with yeah. my friends. Um, they look after each other. They've all been through challenges of their own, um, whether it be uh, racial abuse, which a couple of them have had to go through, um, whether it be yeah. bra- really highly publicised breakups like Perry and Zane's. Um, and, and most recently, Jesse, a couple of days ago, announcing that um, Jesse will, will take t- some time away from the band um, to focus on her mental health um, and that Little Mix will perform as a three-piece for the next little while. And there's no doubt in my mind that with Jessie taking that time, she's got the full support of those girls and she will come back and that it's not a, yeah. and that that will only strengthen them. It'll only provide that longevity because they genuinely care about each other. And it's very easy to say that, you know, as a fan looking in at the band, but I don't know. I think you and I have got pretty good bullshit detectors and particularly having met them a couple of times, you can always tell when there's fractures within a band yeah, and when there's definitely. tension. Uh, for example, I remember seeing Five Sauce um, in an interview scenario about probably 18 months ago, they were not good. And you could tell there was something about to break there. Um, and now, you know, you see Ashton going off and doing his own album and the boys taking some time away wow. from each other. Drama. Drama. It's always, and it's always <laughs> easy to tell, but with Little Mix, it's always seemed, you know, if there is sort of worry from a certain member of the band or someone's not feeling it, they support each other in that scenario. And they're there for each other. Yeah. Long-winded story. Love Little Mix and love what they represent as a new girl band. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with you with the friendship thing. And it's not easy for a girl group. Like, not at all. You have to be of such a certain level and you really have to show that you're friends, like, even if you're not, because people w- want to poke holes in it. Like, for some yeah. reason, female friendship seems to open you up to a barrage of criticism. Um, and every girl group has faced it and it's kind of been what's crumbled most of them yep. eventually. But I think the fact that they, the fact that one, not one member stands out as being the strongest, they're all like stronger together. Absolutely. That that helps it a lot. That's a strength, Um, isn't it? That's a massive strength of theirs is. It's a massive strength. Yeah. They, because if you think of every girl group that kind of crumbled, it was because one member, whether it was the right member or not, kind of rose, rose up and chased that solo fame back to jerry hallowell and the spice girls so but i think that these four have been dragged through the mud by everything the british tabloids and the british press is absolutely savage and uh, as you said there's been like racial taunts um jesse has faced bullying about her weight and her appearance since she first got in the group with the x factor and i think if you don't have that support network around you and your core band then you just crumble and i think because of that girls that usually get quite jealous of girl groups i think girl groups don't often have big audiences because they find it hard to to um connect with their female audience whereas guy groups female audiences just love and kind of like fawn over whereas for some reason girl groups there's almost like this competition but little mix appeared more as being your friends rather than being your competition and I think they've been able to form an audience off the back of that of being so relatable and so kind and showing what what can kind of come when you find strength in friendship and I think their songs are about that as well what beautiful words from you the, the I know m- it was getting quite DNM. I had to stop yeah the mixes are gonna love you <laughs> I would love to go down in history as just the mix's favorite critic that would be enough for me <laughs> that's going straight straight in the bio preferred critic of mi- of mixes <laughs> i am quite critical of mixes in general as well at drinks i don't really like a lot of mixes i'm a no. big vodka lime soda person yep um, so in that way, I would say I'm a critic Keep, of mixes. Absolutely. Keep it simple and calorie free. I think that's important, you know, regardless of what you're talking about. Um, I think it's... And this is the reason the podcast is going... It's so long today. today. It's so long. Did you just go to delete like half the run sheet just then? <laughs> no. I saw, I saw this all light up and then I suddenly... I not. We are getting, went, no, boom. we're getting through it. I'm not deleting it. <laughs> I want to. I want to make a note. Um, if anyone hasn't seen them live, make sure you do at some point. Have you seen Little Mix live? I've never seen them live. Oh, it's a show, and the dancing like they are one of the best dancing troops in pop music at the moment. They're so. I've just good. been watching their like re- their recent um, performances for this new album, and they're they're killing it. Bonkers! I have no idea how they do it, and. All four of them perform equally as well as each other. Again, that's another important point. It's not, there's no solo moments yeah. for people. It's a group. They perform as a four piece. They are the four of them. Um, and it, it's just so impressive. Very impressive. 
Um, do you think that this album put them in a good... I know now we know hindsight that they kind of never went as big again <laughs> as this album, which is a shame, but do you yeah. think it put them in a good position to go higher? I think this cemented them as a credible girl group. And I think that's yeah. always a question with girl groups is they often get tarnished with the rather sexist and rather presumptuous brush of being just a girl group that sings songs other people write for them and, you know, yeah. no real impact, you know, cheap pop songs. But no, the production was sophisticated. Um, the co-writers were credible. The songwriting from the band was very credible and what they managed to tap into in terms of new audiences with this album and cement themselves as an important part of pop music history was definitely present um, from, from this release. And, yeah, it's interesting when you talk about propelling them further. I don't know if this propelled them to have more chart success for the next record. It almost like felt like the album. And it was like, cool, this yeah. is Little Mix's moment. You've got to chase it. Yeah, yeah, we'll give them their moment right now. We'll give them, you know, the best, the biggest girl band in the in the world, you know, brush. But that isn't necessarily a golden ticket to future success as we've worked out across the series. Completely off topic, do you remember when we saw Little Mix coming out of an elevator in, or waiting to go into our elevator in LA? LA was a blurry two weeks (laughs) it was after the bb rexa thing and we were coming down in the elevator and they were going in and we were a big group and they were a little bit shitty because we wouldn't get out of the way yes (laughs) holy (laughs) and then after it i played you no tears left to cry from my phone into your ear for the first time and you told me it was okay Yes, okay. Oh my God, okay, now I remember. It wasn't at our hotel, Mm -hmm. it was at BB Rex's house. Yeah, I don't think it was her house. Well, it was the house they said was her house. It was where she was having a party. Yeah. Yeah, like a. This is making us sound very important. Not at all. We We were not invited personally (laughs) to BB Rex's house. We do one LA junket of which I had to pay for my own trip, and we get. (laughs) And we get. We start talking like this. I remember that now. I do remember that. And then, yes, you yeah. did play me No Tears Left to Cry, which had just dropped, and I went, this is okay. Um, yeah. One <laughs> at a time. Should we play my game? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, my game is called Power or Another Power. So oh, God, I want you to go. compare. It'll go quite quickly, as a lot of my games do. But I want you to um, compare Power by Little Mix featuring Stormzy with other songs that have the word power in them. Are you feeling up for the challenge? Yeah, I'm feeling up for it. Okay, first one is Little Mix, Power, versus Kanye West, Power. What's the Ooh. better song? Let's start with the hard one. Well, I, th- I suppose the biggest thing right now is that Little Mix and um, Stormzy aren't fucking idiots. So... <laughs> It's, it's difficult to look at that. However, Power Comes for by Kanye comes from one of my favourite albums of all time mm. and is such a mighty song. So I've got um, to go with that one. However, I would be inclined to sway towards Little Mix's power at the moment because um, various reasons his, that we won't go yeah, into. Yeah, general idiocy. Yeah. Great. That's correct. 
Thank you. Oh, so I'm correct or... Okay. Cool. Yeah, this is a true or false game. Um, <laughs> Power by Little Mix featuring Stormzy versus Powerful by Major Lazer, Ellie Golding and Taris Riley. Oh, okay. This one's easy. I can't stand Powerful by... <laughs> Major Lazer. It's so powerful! There's an energy! Energy! <laughs> no, and also, Ellie Goulding is so good on dance records as well, generally. Yeah. I, I don't... That whole thing. It's just... It's what I would imagine it sounds like when you drop a brick into a pool of water. Like, it's just <laughs> a heavy, heavy song. <laughs> nah, don't like it. Don't like it. Okay. That's very interesting. Was that right or wrong? That was correct. Well done. Okay. Good. You're two from two at the moment. You're two from two. Okay, two more to go. <laughs> two more to go. Uh, next one. Scissor, The Weeknd, and Travis Scott from the Game of Thrones oh. soundtrack, Power oh, is Power. Yeah. What's better? Yeah, that to be honest, mix? I would have forgotten that song existed if you didn't just mention it then. I did too. Which is crazy because that is like three huge artists. Like that should Duggan have been Norts. a mammoth record. Yeah, and it kind of didn't And it anything. was just, it just limped along, didn't it? Yeah. So I have to say Power by Little Mix Feet Stormy. Stormzy. Stormy. Stormy. Feet Stormy Daniels. <laughs> Feet Stormy Stormy Jenner The child Stormy <laughs> The child Stormy Revered Nicki Minaj Nemesis Stormy <laughs> Revered Nicki Minaj <laughs> That was correct as well Final Final round To go four from four And you better yeah. get this one right Power by Little Mix and Stormzy Versus The Power of Love By Huey Lewis and the News Well I already know What the right answer is In your mind You're giving me Smooth FM vibes right now <laughs> The power of love. As power um, of love. Well, personally, I would say power by Little Mix, but if I want to win the game, I'm going to say power <laughs> of love by Huey Lewis and the News. You're correct. That is a better song than power by Little Mix and Stormzy. Well done. That's four from four. Great. That might be my first one. Yay. It's amazing how well I do at all your ambiguous, subjective games. Exactly. The game, my games are never objective. There's never, um, there's never a right answer. It's all based on my opinion on the answer. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> we're bloody, we're rabbiting on, but I do want to ask you: um, a yeah. little mix underrated? Do they get the critical respect they deserve, in your opinion? No, I think it would be very difficult to properly respect them until they're winning every Grammy under the sun. I yeah. think they will always be underrated for what they are, what they represent, you know, what they've changed about being a girl band. Um, and the, the strength of the songwriting and the strength of the individual songs. I definitely think they're underrated and continue to fly under the radar of critics without a doubt. It's interesting because you would not even know they wrote, their own songs really like nobody no. talks about it nobody makes any word it about it but me. they're always in the studio like and you yeah. s- see it all the photos of them in there with mnek and taylor parks and like all these big writers yep. that all really love little mix but they don't get anything for it and th- the guardian did call this album a perfect pop album which is a pretty good um good note very ideal them. But I bet Very you if you up what star it actually got, it probably got three stars or something. Yeah. I'm going to look it up just for... I always do that. Perfect pop album, but... 
but not. Yeah, perfect pop album, but the bar was low. Here we go. Perfect, oh, sorry, perfect chart pop. It actually did get four stars. That's pretty good. That's pretty good for The Guardian. Yeah. Yeah. On a pop record. So there you go. They get a little bit of critical acclaim, but you're not going to see them pop up on Pitchfork anytime soon, I don't think. (laughs) But I think they've got a good story to tell and that it's definitely not um, fair to erase them from commercial music history at all because they've been very influential in terms of what they've done for the pop genre and also sticking just in the pop genre and not trying to like deviate in and out of different worlds is deviate yeah exactly the right yeah it is they've stuck in that electro pop with a bit of a trap influence bit of a hip-hop influence but mainly just stuck with what they're good at and what they know and yeah. that's going to win every time and also without like i feel like in the uk when you want to kind of bounce back up to the charts you jump on like a jacks jones record or you jump on like a a house a british house record and they've never done yeah. that they've always just stayed I think they, they did had do... one song with cheat codes. Yeah, I was going to say they yeah. did one electro song with cheat codes, but like that again, that's a strategic move for the states when cheat codes are really popping off. Um, yeah. and that that made sense for them at the time. And of course they da- they dabbled into into Latin um, reggaeton music as well doing it's a song great, with CNCO. Great song. Yeah. Um, which which came out, you know, that was sort of the next big Latin song after Despacito. It was, um, yeah. To, to hit America So Yeah They've been very strategic And smart With their collaborations Over the journey And never st- strayed too far From what they actually are Yeah Well just to Completely um, Disintegrate All the <laughs> All Pretty the praise We've just heaped on them And how, how influential And stuff they are Now we're gonna Play, play a game That really play, pays tribute To that It's called Little Chicks And what I'm going to do Is I'm going to ask you Who's taller And I'm going to give you Two names And you have to tell me <laughs> Which little chick Is taller Is it just People within Little Mix Or is it w- w- Women like, no, no, it's it's pop stars in general. Pop stars, okay. Fe- cool. I was yep. gonna do male pop stars as well, but the the title of chicks doesn't really owe to it, so I went for a better title rather than a rounded, yeah, like um, it. fair game. Okay, so the first one is Lady Gaga versus Hilary Duff, who I saw in a park yesterday. Oh my god! Yeah, you buried the lead on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I would have led with that when we first started talking. Should have been at the, the top of the podcast. You said to me, you, I asked you what's going, what's been going on. You're like, oh, I know, I said nothing week. interesting. I you saw Hilary Duff in a park. Yeah. What's she doing? Um, she was filming a scene for that show, Younger, and it was a ridiculous scene. They there were like big compost bins, and she had to carry a big bag of rubbish <laughs> through the park. Oh my god, that's brilliant! That's exactly what I want my Hilary Duff doing. <laughs> that's so good. I was hoping you were going to say she was like just strolling through the park with her um with her bow. Matthew I would Comer. love that, but no, she wasn't. Oh, anyway, back anyway, to the I know how tall she is, but do you know how tall she is up against Stefani Germanotta? So Stefani Germanotta, I believe, is a small woman, a small yeah. Italian, a small Italian woman. Um, I believe she's on the lower echelon of the five foot range. But Hilary Duff's always had short person energy to me as well. Um, I don't know whether that's just from knowing, you know, her when she was, you know, quite petite as uh, as uh, when she was a child. Maguire. Yeah, exactly. Thinking yeah. of her as a literal child who would not be taller than five foot. I'm gonna go with 
li- the littler chick is Lady Gaga. You are correct, but not yes. by much. Lady Gaga is 5'1", and Hilary Duff is 5'2". Gaga's 5'1"? Five 5'1". One? Five one. That's so She's small. She's a pocket rocket, as they say. Wow. That's amazing. Okay, next one is Ava Max versus Kylie Minogue, our very own Kylie. Oh, my God. Again, <laughs> this is going to kill me. Okay, Ava Max. I don't know if I've ever physically met Ava Max. I've done 15 Zoom calls with her, but I don't know if I've done an IRL. Now, I know Kylie is very small. I believe Kylie is around 5'1 mark as well. I think Ava... Ava would be... Ava's Albanian, and most of the Albanian women I know, being Dua Lipa, Rita Ora, are taller. BB Rexa. So I'm going to... BB Rexa, my apologies. BB Rexa, also taller. I'm going to say Kylie is the littler chick. I mean, based off that logic, I am Australian, like Kylie, and (laughs) Kylie and I share no height attributes, so... (laughs) Okay, that was a really However, long boat we'll go with it. So Ava Max is actually shorter on one side than she is on the other side. What? So is it Ava Max's left side where her hair is chopped or her right side? Oh, no, no. You're taking my silly... Oh. No, it's you're right. Kylie's shorter. Kylie's five foot and Ava is five three on both sides. All of these pop stars are so small. They are small. I s- all of them. It's crazy. Even Power to like tall Dua Lipa, who I thought was like 7 foot 11. She's only 5'8". <laughs> Is she? Yeah. No, nah, I could have sworn she was 6. She's not wow. 6. That go- that's what Google told me. Okay. Thank you for that. I'm glad I'm winning. Okay. Next one is li- is the whole of Little Mix. Tell me who is the shortest. Is it Jade, Perry, Jesse, or Leanne? Oh, it's really difficult. I know Perry's taller than Jesse from when I met them. I know that Leanne is quite slender, as I believe <laughs> is Jade. But I don't know how short they are. I reckon, oh, it's really difficult. I'm going to say Jessie is the littlest chick. There's a little bit of a trick question. Three of them are the same height. Oh, come on. Like exactly? Like a centimeter in it? Holy shit. Three of them are 5'3", and one of them is (gasps) 5'4". That's a trick question then. Yeah. But you were right. You were on the right track. Who's the Your taller one? Your in-person dealings. Who would you say was taller? I no, I thought I was saying Jesse was shorter, so I will guess who is taller, and I will say that Perry Edwards is the tall one. You're correct. Yeah, she's the tallest. I'm happy with that. The outcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next one is Ariana Grande versus Nicki Minaj. Ari is tiny. Nikki is tiny as well. Oh, this is really difficult. I, it's an, it's another close one, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. This is hard because obviously you go like Ari. Ari's like, you know, quite a slender woman as well. Um. Oh, it's so difficult, Sam. I'm gonna say. I think it's a trick question. I'm gonna say Nikki is shorter. You're right. Yes. Nikki is five two. Ariana is five three. It was a trick question. That shocked me. Hang on. I just Googled. So I Googled um, tall pop stars and it says Ariana Grande is only 5.01 feet tall. Well, that would make you wrong then. (laughs) Honestly, I don't think I'm going to trust this website because here's the prelude (laughs) paragraph. When we see the professional photos and videos of their latest hits, pop stars look like they are tall. But the truth is that most of them are not taller than 160 centimetres and some still are high as models. <laughs> is this on the website The Truth About Ariana Grande's Height? No, this is on Foind.com, which claims. I pink- mean, Google says 5'3. Okay, I'll go with Google. I don't trust this website. It says. Pink is known for her athletic activities in her life, but that did not help because she is only 163 centimetres, 5.34 feet tall. Did not help. What does doing sport make you taller? (laughs) Apparently. apparently You would have thought while she was being flung across the room that it would stretch her out a bit. (laughs) The power of gravity. (laughs) (laughs) And at the very end of this article... Taylor Swift is one of the tallest pop star because she is five point eight three feet that tall. Today. That's huge. Not it's not huge. I'm five I'm nearly six <laughs> foot, but <laughs> And you're like what, six two? Six three. Six three. <laughs> That's okay. huge. She's huge. The final one. <laughs> Sorry. God. It's the longest. She's episode. a beast. Um <laughs> the next oh, one is God. Julia Michaels versus collaborator Selena, Selena Gomez. Selena Selena Gomez. Shit, that's a hard one. Julia is tiny. I've got a photo with her and I'm at least a foot and a bit taller. Um, Selena Gomez, I believe, would be taller than Julia. Just off vibe. So, Julia, little chick. Correct. Yeah. That's five out of five. Julia is 5'2". Selena is actually the tallest person we've had in this game at 5'5". That's amazing that all these kids are so small. All these kids. That's crazy. I met a a new pop star last week. Well, not a pop star, more of an R&B star. She will be quite a star and she's 6'2". Wow. So I'm happy that there's a tall pop star coming through. Do you reckon Jojo Siwa is really tall? She gives me tall gal vibes. I think she might have grown to be. She's pretty tall. She's five nine. That is pretty tall. And surely she's not even done growing yet. Probably not. How old is she? Seventeen years. When do you stop growing? You have growth spurts till about about twenty one, I think. You have growth spurts. She's going to take Taylor Swift's title as the biggest pop star. Oh my god. That's frightening. Crazy, isn't it? Can't find bad babies. You'll call her a beast in two years. Bad baby's like four foot six or <laughs> something absurd. <laughs> Thanks, Seth. Thanks for trying to find it. <laughs> I tried. All right, let's wrap this two, up. We've done, we've two, done oh my quite God. enough damage for one Holy day. Holy shit. <laughs> 
I noticed like all the podcasts I listen to, like Jesse wears table manners. They have them over for dinner. Um, they cook the dinner, then they have dessert, then they have a chat. And the podcasts are always like 45 minutes long. Meanwhile, we just <laughs> sit down with a glass of water and talk. And ours are like, bloody hell. <laughs> We're thorough. <laughs> We're thorough. We are very thorough. We're thorough presenters. We're thorough presenters. We're going to wrap it up with our... Um, our new little segment where we give our best songs, our worst song, and a rating out of 10. Great. Would you like me to go first with this little segment? I would, yes, because I need to remind myself of this song I heard. <laughs> I was about to do the same thing. <laughs> okay. So, I reckon best song would have to be... Would have to be Power. Close second shout out to my ex. Close third touch. Wow. Okay. But all very upper echelon. I also want to give a quick shout out to, as I double check, this is the song that I want to shout out to. <laughs> Nothing Else Matters yeah, was an song. underrated smasher on that album. As was the Charlie Puth song, Oops, which I don't remember ever listening to. But it was very good. Yeah. Yeah, that was good too. Yeah. And I would have thought they would have made that a single because it was around when Charlie was I know, bizarre uh, that they did attention. it. Crazy. Yeah. Really weird. Um, songs I don't like. I don't like No More Sad songs. Not oh, really there for God. that. Um, all the songs between, like, after, like, You Got a Knot, there were a couple of dodgy ones. So, like, You Got a Knot, I love. Yeah, you me got too. A knot. Um, Down and Dirty and Your Love don't really hit me. Um, Dear Lover, not really here for that. Again, a little bit filler. I don't think we needed 21 songs on the expanded version of the album. Yes, it's expanded. doesn't need to be that I know, expanded. It's very long. Very long. But they had some good... Is Your Love Enough was very good. Yeah. I yeah, I don't, I don't mind that one. So, yeah, it's hard to find some bad ones. They're definitely not bad songs. But, um, yeah, that's my, that's my hot take. My rating for the album is... Did we do stars or out of 10 or out of five last time? I can't remember. I think we did out of out of 10. Cool. I'm going to give this album a seven and a half out of 10. Okay. Great, Fair. great pop music. A couple of things that didn't need to be there could be a bit leaner. But overall, fantastic work. <laughs> great. <laughs> okay. Favorite song, um, No More Sad Songs, alongside Touch. They're my two. Unbelievable. Um. Least favorite. We've agreed on so much today, but that is not it. I know. I'm sorry, but go back and listen to it again. It's a really good song. Um, I also really liked Private Show. I liked Nothing Else Matters as well, um, and I liked You Got yep. a Knot too. Those were my like three kind of deep yeah. cuts that I enjoyed. Um, the songs that I really hated, Beat Beat, I co- really couldn't get through. Um, and same yep. as you, Down and Dirty wasn't a fan either. So, and I think out of 10, I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. I think it's got some really great songs. And wow. Yeah. Eight out of 10. Beautiful. Well, that was a lovely way to wrap it. Uh, let us know what you think. If you agree with our hot takes or not, um, you mm. can leave a review on your podcast app. If you listen to us on the Apple podcast system, um, or you can just tweet us at Nick W Kelly or at Sam underscore interns. Um, just checking if we've had any more uh, reviews in the last. Uh, no, we wouldn't. Uh, no, no, no more reviews. No more no. reviews. So if you could leave also, a review, if you, we'll read it if out. you live in America, um, you should call up your local radio station and request <laughs> "Sweet Melody" by Little Mix. 
Even in Australia, do that. Start calling the radio stations, even though they've just fired 300 people from radio stations. No, Australia doesn't have to. It doesn't matter for Australia because I'm on my way with my um, suitcase with Sweet Melody. Oh, that's a good point. So Sorry, I forgot about that. It'll be fine. Yeah. Pop music will be saved. It. You're not bringing any clothes. You'll be staying in a capsule hotel in the city, and <laughs> you'll. <laughs> All in the name of Sweet Melody. All in the name of Sweet Melody. Can't wait to quarantine for two weeks for Sweet Melody. (laughs) Would do it. If they're label, I don't know who they are now, but if they want to pay me to head over and do a bit of door knocking at radio stations. (laughs) Oh, no, their label's Sony. Sony's their label. Okay. Yeah. Well, Sony, I'm willing to do it. At Sony Music Australia. There you go. All right. Well, it's been a lovely podcast. Thanks for listening. So rate, rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next week. I feel like I've lost next week's sleep episode. from this podcast. Next like, week's episode. Is it? <laughs> it's 10... <laughs> it's 6.15 your time, isn't it? Cool. Jesus. I need a nap. Uh, next week on the show, huge album we're going to do. Really big album. Oh, I thought you, you were going to announce it. a guest. I was getting quite excited. And then I realised that like I'm as across everything as you are. No guests exactly. next week. But the album we're doing is massive. It's going to be huge. <laughs> it's huge. Don't I am so excited. Bye. Bye.